Are you a business owner looking for real advice and input? You're in the right place. From concept to launch to growth, funding and beyond. Welcome to Startup Hustle with your hosts. One once sold a business for $150 million. The other, the author of Million Dollar Bedroom. Here are your hosts of Startup Hustle, Matt DeCorsi and Matt Watson. Hello and welcome back to Startup Hustle, special edition, live in Cebu with Matt DeCourcy and Matt Watson. Hi, Matt. Hey, how's it going? I'm doing pretty good. We finally made it here, bro. We're here. Did it not take forever to get here? I think it took 30 hours. I, it took longer than that. Well, maybe it didn't. I think we, maybe we should uh, do a little brief recap. We left at 6 a.m. Kansas City time. On Friday the 15th. And we got here at midnight just past midnight sunday morning that was so technically on the 18th so and then had to go through customs and then had to go to the airport and how about to the hotel and how about that line at customs at one in the morning in cebu there was what if you want to check out the short video i posted on the startup hustle chat on our facebook page uh you will see that took like an hour probably yeah there was at least 400 people ahead of us in line so um, well, we made it. I, you know what? I, the first time I came here, I was terribly jet lagged. Uh, I, I, I felt great the whole time. I've been, I've been feeling great. I, amazingly, on the last flight, I managed to get a couple hours of sleep. And then when yeah. we got to the hotel, I only got two or three hours of sleep. But then last night was the second night. Um, my body didn't want to go to sleep. But when I finally went to sleep, I slept, slept good and felt good. So. I slept well as well. The first time I came here, I, I, was jet lagged or something because I after about 24 hours it caught up with me and I laid down and I woke up 12 hours later um there was a couple interesting things so we went to Japan we did we got stuck in Japan we did and we learned that um nobody cares how long anything takes in Japan because everything took freaking forever that was you know that was I was surprised by that because I've always associated Japan with efficiency and, and yeah and stuff like that so we got off the plane and we're in a line that didn't seem like it needed to exist where seven people were behind a counter trying to check us in. And I think that at one point I stood in the exact same place for about 20 minutes. Yeah. There were only two people actually working behind the counter, but there were seven. So it was just maddening. And it was and after a long, after a 13 hour flight, which by the way, feels like 33 hours. Yes. Um, but fortunately, you know, Matt, because I was next to you, I was able to, you know, make it through that. So I appreciate that. The, the greatest part about Japan was a discovery that I made. And I don't understand how this isn't a thing all the way across the world, but they have heated toilet seats in public bathrooms. I thought you were going to talk about the squatty, the squatty toilet. No, we did see one of those two, literally a, just a hole, almost like a hole in the ground. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then also the butt shower. Yes. Um, I know that's some, not a big deal to most of our foreign listeners, but um, the bidet, isn't that what that's called? Well, that's, that's what it's called for the ladies. I don't know what it's called. I didn't try it. All right. But, you know, anyway, so we finally made it out of Japan after a lengthy delay. In many ways, it was a godsend. They had to send a new plane that was bigger than our original plane. And that meant we all got our own row. And I got about three or four hours of sleep. I felt great when we got to Cebu. Um, I've been here before. What, how, how's your visit treating you so far? It's been awesome. So this is, this, you know, after the second night now, uh, I've been... 
just amazing. The the people and I actually went to the mall yesterday. Yeah. Helped buy equipment. And, and I want to talk a little bit about stuff that. Stuff for the office and you know, um all the people have been amazing. I mean, never for a minute have I been worried about like my safety or any of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's, been it's, it's super user friendly yeah, for the, Americans, is it not? I mean, the hotel we're at is great. Um, yep. the, 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 most of the people here speak exceptionally well English. It's, it's um, a little surprising. Isn't way it? better than in yeah. Japan. Like yeah. when we were at the airport in Japan, like the, the, the lady that worked at Starbucks, like she didn't understand what I was saying to her. Um, did you, you know, did you finally locate some yen? Cause I would still like to borrow some yen. I just used my Visa or MasterCard or whatever. Uh, I just needed like, how many yen did I need for the massage chair? And you said you had nothing for me. <laughs> so anyway, I'll get over that. But man, we've already, we've done a lot of work here already. We have. Uh, we have like 10 employees start today or something, 11? We did, but maybe, the, you know, part of the, the essence and the, the heartbeat of this show is, is sharing, being transparent and sharing the experience of entrepreneurism and the world of startups. So we got to Cebu at you know midnight or like by the time we we're finally in the hotel, it's like it's two or two a.m. We both got up what seven a.m. Yep, and then worked fifteen hours. Yep, in order to prepare for a dozen new employees that are starting today. Um, that was a lot of work. It was a lot of work. We had to do a lot of stuff. So then we had to set up a lot of laptops. Yeah, I was uh, voiding a lot of warranties yesterday. You really were. Taking you were, laptops you were like the superhero of, of warranty avoidance. In, installing RAM and, and all you, stuff. And that's, those are those little things that sometimes I think we take for granted is, is like a lot of computers here weren't necessarily meeting the specs that we wanted for developers. So we had to literally take them apart and upgrade them. Yeah, like I went to the Apple store. It's iStore here. Yeah, it's not the like Apple a, store. It's the iStore. It's like a franchise or something and it's like an authorized apple reseller and they didn't have the the highest end macbooks and stuff like that, so i didn't buy one they, they didn't have it um so tell, tell me now tell me about your trip to the mall matt because because on my first trip i talked to you about some of yeah. this stuff and i don't think you really believed me when i was talking about all of it yeah so we went on a sunday in the late afternoon and the traffic around town here wasn't that bad, but as soon as we got close to the mall, the traffic was insane. And I had never seen a mall in my life that was half as busy as this place. And I'm well, talking maybe even half the size. Well, that too. It was. Yeah. I mean, Mall of America is probably sure. as big. Like, yeah, I've been, I've been there. there, but but like, um, like Black Friday in the U.S. is a big day for shopping, right? This place was way busier than I've seen Walmart on Black Friday. This this place was hopping. When was, was the last, when was the last time you went to Walmart on a Black Friday? Uh, I don't know. I worked there on Black Friday, high school. Okay. Yeah. So you I worked are, at Walmart, man. So you do, I, you know, and that, that, that's the thing that never ceases to amaze me is how well-rounded you are when it comes to just the everyday yeah. American life. I worked at Walmart. So, and that's impressive. So, so you're at the mall now when, uh, we, my first trip when we were talking about it, I told you I, that shopping for electronics and other stuff was a bit of a journey. It, what was insane is, so in, in the mall, it's called SM, there's like this area, I think it's called the Cyber Zone. Yep. And there were all yep. these little like electronic stores. And then most of them were very tiny. 
um, and they all sold like. I mean, we're few... ta- we're talking tiny, like not even the, like half the size of a bedroom. I would say they were probably like twenty by thirty square feet yeah. or twenty by forty square feet or something yeah. like that, and. Like there would be one just for Lenovo, one for Dell, one for HP, one for all these different things. And then there's like 70 of them. There was, no joking, probably 30 or 40 of them. Yeah. I mean, there was a ton. Yeah. And you, we, like if you wanted to buy a laptop, I mean, imagine going to 10 different stores. Um, and there were, there were some other electronics places that were a little bigger. But like I went to one that was pretty big and they sold all this computer stuff, but they didn't sell tablets. So I had to go to a different store to find tablets. And then we needed RAM. So I went to a different store to find RAM. And then we were looking for a keyboard and mouse. And like that was in a different store. So you needed five sticks of RAM. Yes. How many stores did you go to? So the first store had three of them. <laughs> and then we went, we found another store that sold RAM. And RAM isn't something like, like Best Buy and stuff. I don't even know if they really sell that anymore. Like yeah, most yeah. places don't sell computer parts anymore. Yeah. Um, maybe, maybe Best Buy does, but a lot of places don't. Um, they had places there that did, they sold motherboards and hard drives and all that stuff. But, um, so yeah, I had to find a place that actually sold Ram and then the other one had one. So then I had to find another store and they had one. And, uh, we, I was looking around for a cheap laptop to run our video conferencing and I found a laptop that was like 320 bucks, something like that. And then the guy said it was going to take 30 minutes to install. I don't know what the hell he did. But we left for like an hour and came back. I don't know if he installed Windows. I don't know what he did. But I came back and he just shoved it in the box. I don't know. It was weird. What else did you buy at the mall, Matt? We bought a microwave and that was I, I want to hear all about this. And I know oh, our yeah. listeners do as well. Because I think that you really had a great experience. And I'd like you to go back to the mall and get another microwave. Because we needed two. <laughs> Why did you only come home with one microwave? Well, I could only carry one. Oh, yeah, that's right. And it was raining. So we didn't want to put them in the put back, back of the, the truck, truck. and it. get them wet. Because we need a refrigerator and stuff too. Yep. But the, um, yeah, it was some appliance store at the mall. And by the way, there's Ace Hardware at the mall. There's you, you were at the SM Appliance thing. I yeah. know you were because that's yeah. where I bought the stuff the first time. Yeah. yeah. They sell everything in the mall. Yes. Um, but yeah, so we picked out the microwave and then the guy goes and, and gets it and brings it out. And then he unboxes it and he plugs it in. And the guy didn't even know how to use a microwave. And I'm like, what the hell are you doing here? You just hit the one damn button that says start 30 seconds. So anyways, but uh, he had to show us that it worked. I'm like, dude, what are you going to do? Cook some popcorn? Like, what the hell are you doing? No, he didn't cook any popcorn, but he cooked something else instead. So what was that? He put the instruction manual in the microwave and turned on the microwave and then just showed me that the the paper was hot. Wow. I was like, dude, you could at least made some popcorn or something. Come on. So I kept I kept giving him crap about that, but so you know the struggle is real. And when I was here buying all that stuff before, you see why I called him. I said, look, if you need to open this stuff. Yeah. I want you to do all of it before I get there because I don't want to stand there for two hours. Um, okay. So yeah, I bought some tablets. Okay. And they had to prove to me that the charger worked. Yeah. They plugged them in. It's very important. Like the USB or whatever. Very important. Like I turned them on and they're on and whatever. And no, I had to plug in the charger and make sure the – yeah, it was quite, quite different. You know, the other thing that was really bizarre to me coming from, you know, the U.S. is um, everything was on paper. So like when we would yeah. buy the tablets, yeah. they filled out a paper receipt right. and would write the serial numbers down. Did and they make you sign the back of it saying yeah. that your microwave cooked paper? Yes. Yeah. And many times in different places, if I would buy some of the credit card, I would have to sign my name two or three times 
And they would print out all this different stuff and tape it together. And it was just very inefficient. I think the thing that I, that I, you know, I went to one place and it's like, they actually had like the dot matrix printer. Like they had to peel the little strips with the holes off of it. And, you know, I had the same experience buying a tablet. I was like, it took me an hour. I was like, my God. I mean, in the U.S., if you were buying a tablet, let's say at Walmart, right? They would scan the UPC barcode. Take five minutes. And then it would come up on their computer and say, scan the serial number. And they would scan the serial number on the box and you'd be done. So you were gone for almost four hours. Yeah. Um, and so all of that to buy what? A cheap laptop, a, a tablet, a microwave. And two some, wall clocks. Two wall clocks and RAM. some RAM. Um, we found dry erase markers. Correct. Okay. And erasers. Yeah, at the mall. Dry erase yes. markers. Yes. We bought, um, not this visit, but like uh, one of our employees bought white whiteboards at the mall like it's all at the mall it, whatever it, I, you need. I told you it was and you know that that's the thing that amazes me i i too find it interesting that the hardware store is like literally in the middle of the mall like it like i could compare it to being like next door to forever 21 or something and it was so, it was ace hardware like yeah. the same ace yeah. hardware that we have yeah and uh so that's been interesting and there was somebody on every aisle ready to help you so do you know what i was doing while you were doing that Filling out paperwork. I signed my name. I felt like I was buying a house. Like I signed my name. I signed papers for 45 minutes. I had to sign all the contracts, everything related to our employees, HR manuals, and I had to do it in like three dozen times over. Yeah. um, That was, that was interesting. Um, Yeah. Yesterday was a long day, but I feel like it was worth it. We got a lot of stuff. I'm, you know, we, so um, to give a little uh, background here, in February when I came, I was here on February 20th, and I returned to the United States on the 5th of March. And at that point, we had one office that we felt was going to last for a year. Yeah. And had 10 employees. Well, that didn't happen. Um, we have five offices in the same building now. And we have, uh, well, the last time we talked about our employee count, we were in the 30s. We were up to 45 that's the game we're going to play on the podcast now. It's like we're having over under number yeah. and uh, you can pick it. And if you're, you're over or under X number of employees. So yeah, we're up to 45 and, you know, for our new business that we've started, um, I don't want to say, I keep saying new business. I'm not really sure it's a new business. I've been doing stuff over here for 10 years and uh, you know, full scale, you can check more of it out at fullscale.io. Um, it exists to help businesses grow faster. Right. Yeah. So, all right. So, Speaking of helping businesses grow faster, your business Stackify, an application performance monitoring platform, you have some new people that started here, huh? Yeah, of the 11 or so that start today, I think seven of them are all for my company. Mm -hmm. And it's really exciting, man. I'm so excited to just have backup. You know, it's Mm -hmm. it's, it's, uh, more friends, more help. You know, we... Our company is growing fast and we just don't have enough people and it's so hard to find developers uh, in Kansas City. And so, so what we do or can do for other people's businesses, you're doing for your own business. Yeah, it's huge. And and what? so talk a little bit about why that's important to you. Like, why is it important that you're able to add and scale up and, and do more faster? Like, how, what's the direct result that that's going to have on Stackify and everything in general and a lot of it comes down to product development right being able to improve our product faster um you know add more features improve you know fix bugs do different things 
Um, for us, it's also expanding like our market opportunity. So for us, what the big thing is the programming languages that we support. So we've hired people here in Cebu that know a wide array of programming languages um, to help do that. Um, so it's cool. Like in our office here, we've, we're very polyglot. We've got people that know .NET De- and Java. Let's define polyglot because that's a term I've heard you use in conversations with myself. And by the way, I'd never heard that term before yeah. you spoke it. Um, I believe it's related. A polyglot is someone who speaks lots of languages. Maybe. I mean, usually when you hear in IT, it's people who program, who write code in different, in languages. different languages. I don't know if it also relates it, it to does. It does, because I looked it up. P-O-L-Y-G-U-T. So don't get kicked out of the script's spelling bee. Polyglot or polyglot? Polyglot. Uh, oh, wait. You said you. Maybe I'm wrong. Did you? It wouldn't be the first time. Anyway, let's talk about, <laughs> let's talk about stuff that's more important, like um, all the great stuff that's going to happen here. All right, so... In my book, Million Dollar Bedroom, and in a lot of conversations that I have with people, um, I find it kind of frustrating because I think that um, oftentimes people look at employees that are in other countries and they think that the, that they're for some reason they're not as capable or willing or, or something. Um, you've just added a huge number of people to your team, um, and today you've met. All but I think we still have three more. Yeah, I think you to me. Yep. Um, so how's that going? What, what's your impression of these folks that you're meeting for the first time? I think it's been incredible. Um, I mean, we've we've met some really really incredible people. Hired some really incredible people. Um, like one of the ladies we hired. Um, I you would you would think I'm maybe not the most excited about, but I'm excited about it. It's just a, a project manager um, who... But she has some special attributes about yeah, her that she, were really hard to she's find. She's also a software developer and she's a professor. She teaches programming. Has a couple master's degrees. Yeah, she's worked on her second master's degree. You know what was really surprising for me is I didn't realize that we had, we had two professors yeah. that started today. We do. One of, them, one of them is a PhD. He's working on his own PhD. And related to machine learning yeah. and artificial intelligence. And I'm, and I'm bringing this up because this is the kind of folks that we have starting. This like, is amazing talent that is out there. It's, and it's but shocking. To, to your point. But, but with that, how is your communication been with them? Incredible. Absolutely so incredible. you're sitting down and you're having yeah. you're speaking English. There's no translator or anything like no, that. And so what's interesting is most people here seem to know three languages. They know Tagalog, Cebuano, and English. They yeah. all know. And that was the thing about the mall. Every single thing at the mall was in English. Like when we were in Japan, everything at the airport was in Japanese, whatever yes. the language is. And it's a English. good thing you had me there to translate that and English, me. but mostly Japanese. Like I went to Starbucks and I, I bought some kind of sandwich. And in English, it said club sandwich. <laughs> it said club sandwich in English. Every other thing on the wrapper was in Japanese. Yeah. I had no idea what in the world I was eating. I, do you remember? But it was pretty tasty. In, J- in Japan, I went to the store and I came back and I said, I had some gummy bears. I thought they were gummy. I didn't yeah. even know. Um, I came back and I said, Matt, I think these are gummy candies. I bought you green and purple. Yeah. It had the word gummy in English. I and didn't, every I, other thing didn't even have I didn't even English. see that until yeah. you pointed it out. So anyway, back, back to what we're doing. But, Eng- but the point is like they're, the – the level of English here is incredible. Like when we checked in the hotel, remember I said something? Yeah. The lady that worked at the hotel, she you had the like most you, flawless English. You I never would have guessed no, that, never know. that English was likely not her first Yeah, it was probably her second or third language. Okay, so let me let me back up. So all the developers that you talked to today, you were doing that in English. You didn't need anything else. It was just a yeah, standard conversation. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Okay. Um, well, I mean, I think that's one of the things that I've talked to people about with what we're doing at Full Scale is like, <laughs> yeah, 
Matt, you love to say it. What's software development about? Communication. Okay, so speaking the same language is a good start. Yep, and similar kind of cultural values and um, just the way that you interact with people and talk to them and, and all that is very similar here to the U.S., right? Just like the customs and conversation that you have with them doesn't really feel any different. I mean, I'm not worried about, you know, shaking somebody's hand or bowing or like some weird thing, right, that I wouldn't understand culturally. They've all been asking me why you're so rude with that stuff. And say, uh, really? No. Oh, okay. No. But you, you, <laughs> you went for it. But um, the, the back, to your, <laughs> back to your point uh, earlier, you, you said, you know, there's the percep- perception of dealing with offshore developers that they're kind of less than than something else, right? It's ridiculous. And, you know, my comment to, to them would be then, well, why don't you only hire developers in Silicon Valley? Why would you hire developers in Kansas City? They're clearly worthless compared to dealer, the developers in Silicon Valley. I mean, yeah, right. And it's not true. It's not true at all. Yeah, you know, there's, uh, you know, the the fifth time I went to college on my way to becoming a junior. Um, yeah, do the math on that one. Do do the uh, discrete math on that. Um, yeah, <laughs> we'll get, we'll define that story in a minute too. Actually, you know what, hell, let's tell it now. So we were talking to one of the professors that we hired and, um, he, uh, he taught he, classes and he, he, he did class teachers. We said, well, what do you teach? He says, I teach discrete math. And you asked me, Matt, do you know what discrete math is? And I said, I'm picturing myself in a closet where no one's watching me at <laughs> one plus three equals four. Discreetly. <laughs> yeah. And then he started explaining what discrete math was. And I, I, I still don't know what it is. If any of you know what discrete math is and you can define that, please uh, head by the uh, Facebook page because I'd really <laughs> like to have a better idea. So, all right. So, you have, so you're having a good time. Yeah, absolutely. Having a great time. The people are great. Um, so know, your, employees are great. I mean, the, is your excitement level trending up still? Absolutely. I, and it's, it's great to learn more about the culture here, the people, the, um, like we was talking to one of our employees today. I, something I never thought of them. Not everybody here goes to school. Like the kids don't all go to public school. I mean, they have public school, but it's, it's, I guess it's not quite free and it's not a requirement to go. So not everybody goes like there's little, you know, just little different tidbits of stuff. That's just different. So, so, you know, we're halfway through today. Today was a big day for me, like just looking at it. And I don't want to, it was a day that I, I've been really excited about today. Um, I, I put a lot of work into, to just coming up here, you know, it's doing a lot of recruiting and hiring and going through that. Um, I did a little math and we're talking about the, the people that we hired, but we really found the best people that we could in every case. Um, so we've hired about 40 new people in about a hundred days and we've had what I estimate to be roughly 1,200 job applications. So whatever the math is on that, it's the top 3%. And we... Hang on, let me, let me go in the other room discreetly and do the math. Okay, let me... All right, hang on, I'll wait. Um, and why Matt does that math... <laughs> wait, what'd you come up with? 3%. Is that 3%? Yeah. I guess you're right. It might be 3.3%. You, you need to get, get it right. Uh, we don't look, we're not rounding up and down here. So, um, yeah, you know what? So can I return to, for all the new people I met today? Yeah. I, you know what, man? Um, well, I had the, I had the opportunity of, of getting to know a lot of these people up front. Cause I, 
lead the charge yeah. when it comes to recruiting and some of the operations stuff. You take over when it gets to the technical stuff. But, you know, we go through, we developed a whole entire process that, um, uh, you know, multiple interviews. We've been doing online skills assessments, which have been really useful. Um, we've done a lot of different stuff, some, you know, video interviews. And, and I'll say, despite already knowing a lot of these folks, I'm, I'm thrilled. Yeah, um, they're even more impressive in person. I, uh, yeah, right. And and I said that on the way in. I said expect pleasant surprises, and I, and I did say that a couple right. times along the way. And I, I'm really happy with what's going on. Um, I'm really happy for uh, a particular position that is going. You know, sometimes the things in life that are the greatest aren't necessarily the ones that make you the most money right away, but they're the ones that re- release you from doing the things you don't like doing. We had a whole uh, podcast episode about that, right? True. About hiring With the assistants. assistant. Right. And so now in the United States, I have a new director of operations, Camille. So if you're listening, thank you. You're doing a great job. And then we have Colleen here, who has really been, who is going to help me establish better and improve communication. I might actually get to take a day off. You know, I, I think the other thing that we should talk about uh, talk about all these people we hired. Is some of the companies we've hired people from. Oh man! Which I don't. I don't think people understand the type of companies that are here. So we've yep. hired people from IBM, right? Lexmark. Yep. Um, National Cash Register. Yep. What are some of the other ones? Did you say Accenture? Accenture. Yep. Yep. Um, just a bunch of. And, mean, then there, and then I, there. Were, and then there was a lot of people that. Um, that have migrated over from maybe not these mega companies, but smaller, more niche related companies that w- within that niche are amazing at what they do. Oh, and some of them are startups. Yeah. Some of the developers that we've hired were developers at other startups that are actually here. Well, I built a creative team. Yeah. Did I tell you that? Yeah. <laughs> so, I've met them. <laughs> I, I've been, I'm really excited about that. Our, our new creative director is, um, he just gets it. And, you know, he's a, he's a digital illustrator, um, his ability to, do, you know, he redid a complex part, a very involved part of Gigabook's uh, user interface and did it in like a day and a half. And I didn't even have to give any feedback when I was done. I was like, wow, this is amazing. And, and that's been what I've been dealing with here. And, and it's, well, I it's think really cool. to that point, it's, it's been amazing. Uh, he's an example of that. And there, we've had a couple others, I think as well, that, have just really taken uh, ownership of different things, yeah. right? An initiative. I was telling you that last night, and, and I'll give you an example. Was so you know we have five offices in in the in the building we're in. So um, some of them, two of them aren't furnished, and we'll probably have another episode called Matt and Matt by Furniture" because <laughs> I'm curious to see how that goes. Are they going to make me sit on the couches I, before I? I'm still wishing there was an IKEA here, but I don't think there is. Yeah. There's not, Um, but you know, without me asking, without any prompting, he created 3d renders and models of the entire floor plan, including multiple options of what it would look like with different furniture and office setups. And he just handed that to me last night. He was like, Oh, Hey, I made this for you. And you, you know, to him, that might not have seemed like a big deal, but was I, 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 I had a business crush or something for like, 10 minutes. I mean, let's just be real. I was, I was like, Oh my God, I'm just so excited. And, and you were like, you're kind of looking at him. You're like, yeah, these are really cool. And I was like, dude, I was just excited. I didn't have to ask. I didn't have to do anything. It's just like, 
hey, this is just felt very intuitive. But I think that that's the mark of a seasoned and high quality teammate. I mean, that's that's what's been incredible is the people that just take initiative and get things done. Yeah. And, you know, as we well, I tell people, all the people here, and I don't think it's an issue with the culture of people here is, you know, I didn't. The culture of people here is great. Yeah, I feel my, like we should adopt it back home a little. That might be true too. Respectful, but, hardworking, but my, honest, loyal. My point is, I tell them it's like I didn't. I don't hire you to take directions. I hire you to think. Correct. Right. And if I ask you to do something and it's not going to work or there's a better way, you know, you need to tell me. And right. one of the things I hear all the time about offshore development and places like India and some of that is that doesn't happen. And I think it's just uh, some of this difference in the cultures and their caste system and stuff. But and you heard, here, I've not had that issue at all. And you heard yeah. me. I actually touched on that. We did a short meeting. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, you know, I talked to everyone uh, about some stuff. But I even alluded to that. I said, look, you guys are the best of the best. We hired you to – we want to learn from you, too. We want you to take ownership. And, I, you know, I've got some things. And that was some of the things that I went through because you and I have both had – private meetings with different people. We've right. got, by the way, we have uh, another eight hours of work today. I know. I got like three people to talk to. We already there. did eight hours. And I'm going to let you get back to that for a second. But I want to, let's talk about the type of people that we brought in today. So we brought in technical writers today. Yeah. What's a technical writer do? Well, for us, it's product documentation, software documentation, um, helping do document uh, technical writing for our blog. RTFM? Yeah, RTFM. Yep. That's what we tell our customers. Yeah, read the manual, but you got to have a manual, right? We've got to create one. And, you know, that's a tricky thing because for Sacrifice, it's really complex. And it that's is. what we mentioned earlier. Like, we had to find a specific... We found a unicorn. We did. We, we did. did. I, it's really funny because I met with her before I met with you, and I mm-hmm. told her, I said, you know, my business partner mentioned yeah, there was a big stack of resumes, and yours was on the top and had a note that said, this might be my unicorn. Yeah. And she, so and I prepped her. I said, you know, you're going to sit down with this weird gingery guy and he's gonna say matt's not really like that by the way he's 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 amazing but um he may call you a unicorn and yeah yeah so i felt good about that so we got technical writers how about project managers yep what's your project manager do make sure your project is managed and happens we have some ruby on rails developers that started today some net programmers yeah i think one of the rails developers uh was a lady which i think maybe she, she from ibm yes or was that somebody else no th- no one of them was from ibm that yes that yes that is a ruby developer cool. yes uh, 15 years of experience nonetheless yeah yeah and that's tough to get you gotta keep them put it in context when you find developers that have 15 to 20 years of experience that's like the current generation of programming began it wasn't quite yeah. just like it, you know i, like I understand we've been programming computers for I'm, a long time i'm an old man now yeah 20 but, years of experience but speaking of which we had a meeting with one our other professor today and he was uh saying i asked him how old he was and he said 28 he goes yeah i'm an old man in this industry yeah and i was like oh my god i'm a dinosaur then yeah. um, so it's a ruby developers we had some php guys start yep today um a bunch of net guys start today yeah I, and, you know, a lot of these folks do a lot of other things. They That's the thing I've been really... One's like Python and machine learning. Others, Node.js, web develop, uh, mobile development, yeah, we, we all sorts of stuff. We literally, amidst all of the hustle and bustle, had, we hired someone with a PhD yeah. in machine learning. I feel like we've created Voltron. No, I'm working on that. I'm working on that. I don't okay. want to... Well, yeah, but I get to be the head. Okay. Black Lion gets to be the hat. All right. You are wearing black today. And I know. I know. Um, I, you know, another thing too, how about these gold shoes I have? Are they, I mean, 
I, I know you have gold shoes on too, but I win today. Admit it. I'm they are pretty nice. Yeah. So I can only imagine what the new employees think when, <laughs> when, both of us when the two American shoes. guys come in with their solid gold shoes. I, I saved these just for today. I'm super happy. Um, I almost broke my neck in the buffet line somehow with these on, and I'm glad they weren't as slippery. But one, one of my favorite uh, moments from our travels here was the guy who asked me if I was from California <laughs> because I was wearing gold shoes. But that was uh, really amazing. <laughs> he, this guy basically nudges you while we're stuck in a line meaningless line in Nagoya, Japan. He says, uh, are you from California? <laughs> no. <laughs> He's like, oh, because I, I thought with your shoes you would be. I don't even know what kind of ism that I is. I don't know. Is that, I mean, is that regionalism? Is I it don't know. Fashionism? I wasn't carrying a surfboard or anything. No. So, all right. Well, so it's, what time is it here? It's about 1 p.m. here. We got here. I got here at 6. Where were you this morning? My God. I know. I didn't show up to work till 7 a.m. I know. You know, the funny thing is, is so we are still two hours away from your your full team arriving. Yeah. I got a whole bunch of employees I've never met that yes. will all be here in two hours. Yes. Well, you've met them kind of because you guys do a lot of video conferencing, yes. but it's different. Never met them in it's person. different in person. So you got to do that. I got a whole lot of work too. And you, know, and you heard me at lunch. Oh, how was lunch, Matt? <laughs> it was good. <laughs> so that was weird. That was weird, but it was very good. Like uh, a lady showed up with what was basically Tupperware full of food Yep, and uh, was selling it. And so I bought one chicken leg and a little bag of rice. How much was that? uh, It was uh, 75 pesos, I think. So it was $1.50 US for a chicken leg and a bag of rice. And by the way, I'm going to, I have a video of, cause Matt loves trying new things like that. So <laughs> I wasn't exactly trying. I Everybody a, else was eating kind of what looked like a little weirder Filipino food that I did. It was like a weird, like, it was almost like a crusty fried meatball thing. Yeah. It was like did pork. you eat one of those? No, I didn't. They tried to get me. I don't know. They had spaghetti. I don't, green really, beans. I don't really eat lunch, but I would have eaten all of that. Um, now you did agree to try balloon. No, I did not. Only if you did. I and then we thought about doing that on the podcast, which was about as smart of an idea as the emoji episode. Because <laughs> if you don't see blue, we don't know how gross it is. Actually, when we walked back over to the office last night, the guy on the bike yep. has a real okay. Imagine like a ten dollar Schwinn with a fifty cent styrofoam cooler strapped yes. to it with two bungee cords and in that he's selling balut. For those of you that don't know what balut it is balut is, it's the most disgusting thing on the planet when it comes to eating it. <laughs> the locals I, like it. I, I, I don't know if they do. No they Does do anyone they do. really like it. I so, asked them. So balut is if a uh, uh, is it a chicken? It's a chicken that's like ten days old or no it's like twenty days. So 20 it's like days. it's like on it's like a week Has- a week before hatching and then it's fermented. It's not just that. It's like they take that, which is already gross, and then they make it grosser. Yeah. And then they eat it. Well, you know what? I think you're going to eat some on Friday. Uh, we have, a, uh, you know, as we wrap this episode up, um, and I think this will be fun. We're taking a couple people out to dinner on Friday. Well, like a hundred people, probably. Yeah, I think it'll end up being more than that. So we're taking, all of our employees. We're taking all forty-five of of them to, and we invited their families. Right. Oh man, I'm gonna have some videos. Are you working on your speech? Yeah, I don't. I don't work on speeches now. They just happen. 
damn, you're good. Yeah. I, hey, I've just flows. I've, just given, I've given like six of them. You've done a good job. Thank you. I appreciate that. It's the only thing I've done well so far today, but I'm cool with that. Well, you know what? Let's wrap this up. Um, you know, we're going to do an episode with some of our employees here soon. I, I'm really looking forward to doing that tomorrow or something. Yeah. And, and you know, we've got a couple of them. Um, I think you'll really understand the level of English that some of these folks. Well, are. and after he, he listened to our last episode, I, he, he said, that, uh, <laughs> he's, let me quote him now. He said, my opinion of Watson really went downhill after <laughs> that episode. And then, and then he literally just recited the, explicit things that you said. So. I'm sorry for everybody. I'm you know sorry. what? You know what? I want you to... He also said it was the funniest episode. He did? Yeah, he did. I, you know, after we were done recording that, I hit the stop button and I said, this is either the, one of the best or the absolute worst <laughs> episode that we have ever recorded. So it got a lot of downloads. I'm so, sorry. I, yeah. You know what? Matt, you don't have to apologize for being you unless you want to issue a public apology. Do you? I'll give people a refund if they didn't like it. That's the guarantee I have on my book when I give you a free copy of it. I've given up on trying to sell my books. I've just been giving it away. I mean, honestly, if you ask nicely through the Facebook, I'll tell you what, let's do this. If you're listening and you do not have a copy of Million Dollar Bedroom, which is my entrepreneurial story, it also has a full section in it with Nat Watson. The first three people that encourage Matt to eat balut, B-L-U-T, and maybe even find a picture of balut. And if you make these comments and you do it on the Startup Puzzle Facebook page, I will send you a copy of Million Dollar Bedroom if you live in North America. Okay. Because And maybe if you live somewhere else, it's don't have to pay 50 bucks to send it. But, you know, you know, fuck it. I'll send you a book wherever you are. First three people to post it. Check us out on Facebook. If you're curious what we're doing with Full Scale, you can go to fullscale.io. You can check out our other businesses. Matt, uh, Matt Watson's the founder and CEO of Stackify. That's stackify.com. Uh, check out gigabook.com. Stay tuned. We have more episodes. We have more announcements. We have more fun straight out of Cebu. See you next time. See you. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Startup Hustle with Matt DeCorsi and Matt Watson. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit startuphustle.xyz. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and subscribe. And we'll catch you next time on Startup Hustle.